this year there will be at least one new member on the Elk Grove Unified School District Board of Trustees. I'm Dan Gowardy, and on this edition of Elk Grove News Podcast, we speak with Michael Vargas, who is one of the two candidates running for the open seat in Area 2. Here is a portion of what Vargas said about trustees' oversight responsibilities as it related to a recent controversy on changes to one of the district's special education programs. And it also means questioning the administration and getting all of the information because clearly, as you know, we just saw with the special education issue, clearly there were things that we were not told. Clearly there was, you know, there were decision making uh, going on that the board was not aware of and then we also got blindsided by it. And that can't happen. So we need to be asking questions. We need to be on top of what the administration is doing and we need to know what the administration is doing and we need to hold them accountable when we're not being told things. Vargas also discussed some of the other challenges facing the Elk Grove District. This interview was recorded on Thursday, September 15th. Michael Vargas, thank you for joining us today. For listeners who don't know you, can you provide some biographical information about yourself? Sure. Uh, My name is Michael Vargas. I am an attorney and law professor. I teach at McGeorge University or University of the Pacific, McGeorge Law School. Uh, I'm also, I have about 13 years uh, in experience in education, starting out working in uh, as an educational administrator, uh, and then transferring over to teaching in a law school. Michael, one of the many, effect, one of the many effects of the COVID-19 pandemic has been on students, specifically lower test results. There's been a lot of studies that have come out recently verifying, I think, what everybody suspected was going to happen. If you're elected as a trustee, you're obviously not going to be on the front line. You're not going to be in the classroom, but you will be setting policy and establishing practices and overseeing what the school board does. What sort of practices and policies would you like to see implemented or move towards to address this problem of improving student scores? Right. So I think one of the things that we saw with COVID-19 and the impact of COVID-19 is that it impacted the entire student. And we're seeing the consequences of that both in the classroom and outside the classroom with test scores, with a, you know lower achievement than we would hope uh, students were at right now. And so I think in order to address that, we need to address the whole student. We need to address all of the impacts, all of the after effects of COVID-19. And that goes to, um, you know, the, the sort of social aspect as well as the academic aspect of what students are experiencing. And so part of getting past that, part of the policies that we need going forward are policies aimed at addressing behavioral and mental health concerns on campus, um, making sure that our students are experiencing a safe learning environment um, and addressing some of the emotional concerns that came up uh, as a result of COVID. But it's also about offering additional enrichment opportunities to students. So extracurricular, co-curricular opportunities that will bring students back into the social experiences that they lost during COVID-19 and will then allow students to be more comfortable. And we have decades of studies and empirical evidence that show that those co-curricular and extracurricular opportunities for students have a giant positive impact on their in 
in the classroom experience and on their achievement. And so I think those are two policies uh, that the school board could implement right away that would have a positive impact on student achievement over the next few years and over the next decade. Recently, the school district has decided for a variety of reasons to make changes to their special education programs, specifically the inclusive education program, which I'm sure you're aware of. And that's upset a lot of the parents. If you were a trustee today, how would you address this situation with the parents, the superintendent, and other administrators in the Elk Grove Unified School District? So I think two big issues that we saw come out of uh, this situation are, one, a lack of communication. The school board or the administration were not communicative about what the changes they wanted to see, did not seek community input, and that has a big impact. That has a big negative impact on the community when these decisions come down and the community has not had a part to play in that decision. And we saw that at the school board meeting when community members showed up to express their concern and their frustration. And so I think the first thing we need to do is we need to get back on the same page when it comes to communication. We need to get everybody in a room. We need to have a long conversation about what this looks like. And, you know, we need to have an extended opportunity for people to engage in this. And that means that maybe, or maybe it means that we have a set committee uh, or board that is special education focused, that is focused on our special education policy and classroom and, uh, and teachers. And we're bringing community members into that, bringing teachers into that, bringing students into that so that everybody has a seat at the table and everybody has an opportunity to express their concerns. And then the, I think the other thing we need to talk about, you know, right now with special education and what precipitated the issue in the first place was the fact that we didn't have enough teachers and that we have a teacher shortage and we specifically have a special education teacher shortage. And until we get that resolved, until we get that situation remedied, these situations are going to keep happening. And so the other thing that we need to do right away is address that concern. And that means recruitment. That means retention plans. How are we keeping our teachers? Are we paying them a competitive salary. Um, those are all questions that need to be taken up during the next round of budget talks. As an elected official for the school board, or really for any local board, be it a city government or a recreation department, what, what are your thoughts generally on oversight responsibilities? I think that's one of the most important roles that we play as a publicly elected board. This is the difference between uh, an elected board and an appointed board. This is the difference between an advisory board and an, and an elected board is elected boards are there to provide meaningful oversight to public bodies. And that is the most important role we play. Um, and part of that means that we take uh, that we sit out once every two weeks and we take input from the community. Um, and that input from the community needs to inform our decisions. And this is where, you know, we as a school board need to get better about creating those opportunities for engagement, creating opportunities for the community to come in and provide feedback and, you know, creating more ways for people to do that. It's, it shouldn't just be at board meetings that people have these opportunities. It should be, you know, it should be us going to a coffee shop pretty regularly and having office hours. It should be us meeting with people, um, and having town halls or however, you know, the, the various board members decide to do it, we need to be creating those opportunities because that is essential uh, to our role 
in oversight and monitoring the administration because if we're not getting feedback then we're not able then we don't know what's going on in the community uh, to be able to provide meaningful feedback and uh, oversight to the administration and it also means questioning the administration and getting all of the information because clearly as you know we just saw with the special education issue clearly there were things that we were not told clearly there was you know there were decision making uh, going on that the board was not aware of and then we also got blindsided by it and that can't happen. So we need to be asking questions. We need to be on top of what the administration is doing. And we need to know what the administration is doing. And we need to hold them accountable when we're not being told things. Um, and so I think both of those are things that go into our role as, in oversight and managing the administration. For some time now, the Elk Grove Unified School District has been criticized by parents of uh, children, uh, who, you know, children of color that they're disproportionately disciplined versus uh, white students. And as a side note, uh, this isn't just a local issue. There was a story in ProPublica yesterday about a, a suburban Chicago school district that was having much the same problems. What, what do you make of these concerns that the parents have? And what can you, as a single trustee, do to address them? Well... I'll start out by saying the concerns are very clearly legitimate concerns. It is, you know, we have data coming from, um, you know, national statewide sources that tell us that this is a problem across the board, that this is a problem everywhere. We know that it is still uh, an issue in uh, Elk Grove Unified. Now, Elk Grove Unified has made progress over the past 20 years. We have data showing that we, the, the school district has done a much better job more recently, particularly since we uh, adopted our educational equity plan, uh, that we have made significant steps towards limiting or um, minimizing the disproportionality between this, uh, particularly in discipline between our uh, black students and our, uh, you know, and all the rest of our students. However, we, there is still disproportionality. And so, you know, where this is, where the rubber meets the road, I think, is in the policies and in our oversight. Specifically, so we it goes have back to oversight. It again. does. It does. Because our policies, we have policies now um, that address this disproportionality, specifically our equity plan, but also our student discipline plan. Our student discipline plan um, was designed to address these issues, but we as a school board still have to monitor that. We still have to check every situation and make sure that equity is coming into play, that we are uh, you know, looking at every situation with an equity lens um, to make sure that disproportionality isn't happening uh, in our decisions. And so, you know, that's part of our job in oversight is to make sure that these policies are being implemented in the best way possible and in a way that isn't disproportionately impacting any one group of our students. I will ask you one kind of generic question. And what do you think are the biggest challenges facing the Elk Grove Unified School District as they start this new school year? I mean, we've already talked about most of them a little bit. I think um, obviously the biggest one is still, you know, recovering from COVID um, and managing what that is going to look like in the future. Because, you know, I don't know that we're ever going to get back to normal, pre-COVID normal, but we are going to find a new normal that is managing the health risks, um, you know, that are presented to our uh, faculty, staff and students. And we seem to be, you know, making good progress on that managing 
including the physical risks to our students, the safety of our uh, of our campuses, um, making sure that we are addressing, as we talked about, the achievement uh, deficit that we have in, in our students right now uh, because of COVID, and that and a lot of that goes back to ensuring that um, students and families are supported as best we can, and in you know, in making that transition from COVID back to whatever our new normal looks like. And then, you know, other issues we still have, obviously, we talked about disproportionality, we still have equity issues. We just started this, you know, in 2018, 2019, we just started implementing our equity policy. It's going to be this is going to be the next 10 years are going to be a process of refining, making sure that that policy is being implemented fairly, you know, tweaking the policy as needed. And so that is a long term issue that we that we need to continue to monitor and and watch. Um, And uh, we need to be on top of because there will be instances in which, you know, uh, you know, there will be unequitable instances incidents on our campuses. And we need to make sure that we are addressing those when they occur so that they do not become systematic. Um, and then finally, obviously, our many of our staff and faculty, you know, they were also hit hard by COVID-19. And so, and they all sacrificed uh, in order to make sure that our schools were able to continue to provide services to students and we're continuing to provide a good education for our students. Um, And so part of what we need to be doing over the next two, four, five years is making sure that we're making all of our staff and faculty whole for the things that they sacrificed, for the salary increases they didn't get, for the changes in compensation that they didn't receive. You know, we need to make sure that everybody is getting back on track here, not, you know, including both our students and families, but also our faculty and staff as well. Can't let you get away without one fun question or kind of fun question. Anyhow, you've had a lengthy academic career. Um, you've gone to law school. Obviously, you have a, a undergraduate degree. And if I'm not mistaken, you have a graduate degree as well. Yep. So you've had a lot of teachers through the years and educators and counselors and maybe coaches. Can you think of one person that really stands out as a teacher, a counselor, a coach, a mentor, somebody in the education system that really made a difference for you? And why did that person make a difference? Yeah, so I think that... Probably one of my favorite teachers uh, throughout my nine years in higher education, uh, because I have both a a master's in education and a law degree. Um, One of my favorite teachers was my uh, taught my student development class when I was in graduate school. And what I loved about her teaching style was that she was very engaged and invested in every single one of us. And that was, you know, in when you go to college, you get a lot of lecture classes and the teachers just kind of show up and then leave and not, you know, especially invested. And you get the same kinds of things in law school. Sometimes you get smaller classes and they tend to be a little bit more, you know, engaged with the students. Uh, But that one professor in graduate school, um, part of what made her teaching style so effective, I think, is because she was so invested and engaged in every single person. And she actually went on to be my uh, thesis advisor when I wrote my master's thesis. Um, She, you know, she offered to let me co-teach one of her classes in graduate school, which kind of, which helped me continue to learn, you know, and refine my own teaching style and what that looked like. 
that investment in every single uh, person, in every single student was just, it was so meaningful and it created so many more opportunities for me. And finally, Michael, how can voters get a hold of you or find out more about your candidacy for the Elk Grove Unified School District? Sure. You can learn more on my website, which is www.vargas4egusd.com. Um, that website has all of my contact information. You can find me on all the socials. Um, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, all of those wonderful places. Um, and please feel free to reach out to me. Anybody should feel free to reach out to me. Um, one of the hallmarks of this, if you haven't already gotten it from some of my answers, um, is that I want to be as transparent and available as possible, because I think that's a huge and important part of the job of being a trustee. Michael Vargas, thank you for your time and good luck on your campaign. Thank you.